Hello. Hello. Hey everyone, welcome to the World Podcast of Oz. We're back with another episode of Movies of Oz. Except today we're not exactly talking about a theatrically released movie. This was originally a TV series from Video Craft Productions, which would later be called Rankin Bass. And in 1960 to 61, they did a little five-minute episode series called Tales of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, there was 150 five-minute animated adventures of Socrates the Scarecrow, Rusty the Tin Man, Dandelion, the Wizard, Dorothy, and Toto, all living in the land of Oz, being annoyed by the pesky Wicked Witch of the West. And these weren't your usual adventures. It wasn't so much of a good versus evil thing. Like, the first episode does have the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Lion going to see the wizard, asking for what they want. But uh, the witch plays a little prank on them. So in the next episode, Lion does meet Dorothy and Toto, who get blown to Oz. And in the third episode... Dorothy does meet the Scarecrow in the Emerald Castle, but it's hard to really say which episode comes first and which one comes next. There wasn't a lot of continuity in the series. Yeah, there's also an episode where the wizard tries to send Dorothy home in a balloon, but it doesn't exactly work out thanks to the witch. There's a lot of episodes that do slightly adapt something from the book, which you hope does work. Like, as you say, the balloon and trying to get a brain, a heart, and courage, but they don't really work out. This isn't a series where you expect character development or a progress with the story. No, it's not. It did, however, have a very catchy theme song. They're three sad souls, oh me, oh my, no brains, no heart, he's much too shy. But never mind you three, here's the wizard as you can see, he'll fix that one, two, three, in the funny place called the world of Oz. Oh, the world of Oz is a very funny place where everyone wears a funny, funny face. All the streets are paved with gold, and no one ever grows old. In that funny land lives the wizard of Oz. They also introduced some other characters like Robbie the Rubber Man, Desmond the Dragon, and we do get a mention of Gilda, the Good Witch of the East, or something. And there was this whole town called Topsy Turvy that had everyone in the city of this town walk, uh, lived upside down. Basically, as if you were watching the TV upside down. <laughs> uh, it was actually one of the first episodes I was t- I'd seen from the series, so I was like, what on earth is going on here? With the 108 episodes they list on Wikipedia, I think I've only seen about. 50 or 51 that are on YouTube. Um, Some of them are doubles. Some have better quality picture. Some have lousy picture. In this episode, All in a Lather, Dandelion is running a beauty salon, and uh, he offers to give the wizard a shave or a haircut. And he says that later he'll be seeing Glinda, the good witch of the south. So, yes, she is in there. She just doesn't do much. However, the Wicked Witch of the West pops in and threatens him unless he makes her his assistant. 
So uh, she gets to mess around with Glinda for a bit, and at the end, they, they're both fighting, and the cowardly lion climbs up his barber pole and says, It's a woman's world, all right. Otherwise, I wouldn't be up a pole. That is a good mention, because as you've probably guessed, the characters get into situations that Elfenbaum would not have written himself in, such as um, an attempt to build a rocket, or working in the supermarket, fishing. The Scarecrow and Tin Man sleep and eat, so we're not talking about exactly a faithful representation of the characters or place here. Yeah. And some of the running gags include whenever the friends want to ask for what they want from the wizard, the wizard goes, pick a card and a card. They don't want to pick a card, and he doesn't really... Um, give that to them, not in the way that actually works. Yeah. It's a very strange, funny version of Oz, and it's fun, it's fun to watch. Um, I managed to get some DVRs of several episodes of it. Not all of them, though. It's a shame the series hasn't been released to DVD. They've made it available to on-demand systems, but and I think I heard that Netflix in Canada has it, but uh, it's not really generally available for sale in the U.S. or Australia without using YouTube, which uh, you know is not the uh, most legitimate way of watching it. But hey, what else can you do? <laughs> when I was watching the episodes on YouTube, I saw a lot of comments of people saying how Rusty seems to be a precursor to Bender from... Futurama, because he's a tin metallic character, and he's very rude, very mean. Um, he's not a bad guy, but he does have a bad attitude to his friends. I tend to agree with them, I think. Yeah. Lots of people remember this. In fact, my dad even told me once that, hey, there was a Wizard of Oz show that I watched as a kid, and I don't remember much about it, and then he started seeing the theme song, and I was like, oh... Okay, that was before I'd actually seen any episodes, so... Uh, oh, that's good that your dad had seen a bit, too. Yeah. Or remembered. Yeah. The thing is, though, that uh, they must have either been on some stations he'd seen as a kid, because he was born in 1959, so he would only have been, like, only th- about three when these were airing. Mm-hmm. At the youngest, so... They must have... Uh, uh, they seem to have been pretty popular items to have in there because th- it was the Oz characters. You know, people knew uh, People could at least get, oh, these are the Oz characters. They just look really different. Yes, and speaking of different, we should point out the um, animation of this time. It was the 60s, um, just a bit of time after Walt Disney had sort of revolutionized animation with Sleeping Beauty, which was stylized, and... In TV, it was much more simplified. The yeah. Scarecrow, Tin Man, and Lion look sort of blobbish of sorts. Like They tend to have just one color for each character, usually. But in the case of Dorothy and the Wizard, it's a bit different. Dorothy has two looks in the TV series. In the second episode, she has dots for eyes, triangular arms and legs. But in the other episode, she's got... Dots in circled eyes, skinny limbs for arms and legs, and the wizard looks sort of like he's wearing a baby 
one suit. It is a little bit hard to look at the characters because they don't really look that appealing sometimes. Yeah, you mentioned the colors there. Socrates is mainly this dark yellow. Brownish. Uh, Dandy is orange. Uh, rusty because gray. He's mm-hmm. Yeah. The witch is green and the wizard uh, wears mainly blue. But don't worry, he and Dorothy have normal skin colors. Sort of um, peachish, but normal nonetheless. And Toto is white. Yeah. When it comes to animated movies or TV series, you would usually see a lot of detail, a lot of things in the distance, the horizon, but it's not so much the case here. Like, if the characters are walking, you would only see the path and just see some simple props, if you will, like trees in the foreground, just close to the characters, and if they're inside, you would see walls, maybe a window and a chair, Basically, you would just see what the characters use. So, I think it's good. You don't have to focus on too much here. You just see what the characters are using. Yeah. It, it, it was an early time. This was actually one of Ronkin... Well, what became Ronkin Boss's first uh, production. So, they were still pretty new. So, they just didn't do anything way too elaborate. And in its own simple way, it just works. Mm-hmm. So... It, it, it's just really simple. Maybe not exactly the most attractive depiction, but it works. And they had a small cast, too. Like, um, only about between four and six actors. Yeah. Um, I believe uh, the same actor voices Dandelion mm-hmm. and the wizard. Whereas Larry Deman voices Fussy the Tin Man, the Wicked Witch, and... Desmond the Dragon, but I'm sure you people would have noticed the vocal similarities. Yeah. It's a fun little series, sometimes, and every now and and honest fans seem to like them, so they're they're not particularly great, but they're fun to watch in their own way, just don't expect too much of them, and they're fun. I must say, um... I do agree with taking the series on their own, but I can't say that I really like it so much to watch it again or maybe get it on DVD if it was released. Um, It's not bad, but it's not really for me, though. Mm. Okay, so, yeah, they had this series, and it was somewhat popular. It spawned some merchandise there. And then in 1964, they came out with a follow-up. The TV movie Return to Oz. Yes. And apparently this is set up as a sequel to The Wizard of Oz, or perhaps a series. And it's it's definitely not exactly a sequel to the MGM movie, though. Definitely not. It starts off with uh, Dorothy in Kansas getting a letter flying to her in the form of a, a paper airplane. And it tells her that everyone in Oz is doing just fine. They'd like to see her again. She sings a song. And we should point out how Dorothy has the silver slippers here, which wasn't in the TV series. We won't go into detail, but 
somehow another tornado takes Dorothy and Toto and uh, Apple Tree from Kansas back to Walls and the Munchkins. Yeah, we haven't talked about how the Munchkins were depicted here, so what? It's a very strange, unique take on them, I'd say. They're like anthropomorphic teardrop blob people, I guess I'd say. They're teardrop shaped, and they have arms and legs and little um, frills or something on the what's supposed to be the hair. Yeah, um, and they also just talk. You really like that. So. Like that, yeah. It's you can't understand what they're saying. Dorothy somehow seems to know what they're saying, though. Although they do temporarily sing in normal English. Yeah, the song "Where Munchkins Naturally" they sing in a regular voice. Where Munchkins Naturally, Where Munchkins Naturally, and be Munchkins, you'll agree. We're people as nice as people can be. The people you'll find in Munchkinville. In the wonderful world of Oz. And there are a lot of songs in this movie, too. Um, There's three or four by Dorothy. Uh, Her three friends have a song each again. So does the Wizard, although that's more as a dual song with the Wicked Witch. One by the Wicked Witch, which is sung more than once. But... Glinda doesn't sing. Yeah, there are 12 uh, songs here. And then she meets sort of Glinda, although she apparently has met her before. It's a little bit confusing. Like, Dorothy says Glinda's the Witch of the North. Um, We never saw an episode where Dorothy meets Glinda in the series, but they do know each other, so um, it's good. Yeah. I think that this Glinda here is probably the closest we'll ever get to Julie Andrews or maybe Judy Dench playing Glinda because I think Glinda has a very queen like appearance here. She does magically appear sort of like a fairy, like as a star in the distance and then takes form, but she's very much a queen and a nice queen, I'll say, at that. Yeah. Yeah, she's different from the way she appeared in Tales of the Oz, where she had a big pointed hat. It wasn't a witch's hat, but it was... And it also had, like, a train going down in the back, so... Oh, like one of those sort of princess crowns or something. Yeah. Oh, which is sort of like how Journey Back to Wars originally designed Glinda for... But that's a little bit getting ahead. So in this movie, Glinda has a crown and um, a sort of Disney Cinderella type dress with a white brim and a magic wand. Yeah. And she tells uh, Dorothy that all her friends have been harmed and the Wicked Witch of the West is back. I do like the warning that Glinda gives to Dorothy about the shoes because it adds a bit of more drama to the story, something that the series lacked. That anyone who was heartless, brainless, or cowardly, that they would turn to a solid stone. So Dorothy goes down the yellow book road to see the wizard. There are quite a few funny bits where the witch has a hard time with her winged monkeys, who have wings on their ankles, not on their backs, and with her umbrella. I really love that scene where she wants to fly away, 
but it doesn't work. So she's stained. She throws it. She kicks it. She asks the monkeys to push her. But that's a funny scene. Away! Away! Get the silly stick a push! <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, on Dorothy's way, she finds Rusty rusted without his heart. Uh, Socrates in a cornfield, and he says he doesn't have his diploma, so he says he doesn't have a brain. And Dandy running around scared of his own shadow. The song I didn't like was, He's a dandy, dandy, dandy lion, dandy lion, which is sung by Socrates and Rusty. I think that's one of the weaker songs that could have been replaced by something better, I think. And it's also not exactly the nicest song, since they're pretty much making fun of him. So. Whereas before, with their own songs, they sung about their failures at not being what they want, or not wanting what they have. But, yeah, Dandy could have sung a better song about his, I'm a scary cat! <laughs> oh, we should point out how Dandy has a slightly different voice in the movie than he does in the TV series. In the episodes, he has a sort of um, normal voice, but in the movie, he sounds a little bit more like he's got a cold or something. Uh, Well, he has a higher pitch to his voice in the movie. It's... Or is it lower? Because he goes... Well... His voice doesn't sound very deep. Uh, It's a bit more raspy and harsh in the TV series. Well, why don't you take a tramp through the woods? But in the movie, Return to Oz, he's... uh, It's a bit more higher. Mm. I'm the king of the forest! So then they decide to ask the Wizard of Oz for help again, but the witch has sort of beat them to it, where she impersonates him and sends him to her castle this is all a plot for her to get the silver shoes because her magic is not permanent right now because of her previous destruction Mm. so she has temporary magic powers from her cousin the wretched witch of the wasteland did you agree with the inclusion of the witched witch like how there seems to be another witch in or out of us or disagreeing. It's kind of odd, but apparently this witch isn't really too concerned with uh, messing around with Oz, so... It's kind of similar to Red Rira in the book Glinda of Oz, where there is a witch, but she's not interested in messing around with anything. Mm. Uh, This also takes an opportunity for the wizard and the witch to have a sort of battle with each other, like through songs saying how one is better than the other, which I really liked. Are you kidding? This is one of the few times... That this, I think this might actually be the first time the Wizard and the Wicked of the West has appeared in a scene together. Not counting the silent film of Selig, but this is the first time they've spoken song together in the one scene, so yes, I would believe so. Yeah. So Dorothy and her friends have arrived in the West, and the witch sends obstacles to 
you know, attack them and be rid of her enemies. And there's some surprisingly dark bits, too, for a 64, 50-minute TV movie. Like, especially that scene where the witch goes down to summon flying crocodiles or alligators from a gooey cavern. Yeah. It does have some, some surprisingly dark things. Dorothy's silver shoes don't work, but this is a time of character development, which is good for the characters. Yep. The Scarecrow thinks of a plan to save them. And this is also the first and possibly only time where you can see the Scarecrow use a straw to hide his friends from a threat. In the original book, it was the bees. But the point is that this is the probably only time you can see the Scarecrow hiding his friends in his straw. Yeah. It's directly from the book there. Rusty willingly sacrifices himself to save his friends, and according to the dialogue, he actually does die. They killed off an Oz character! Now, somehow Dorothy's belief brings him back, but still, that was a first. That scene where Rusty gets struck by lightning, I think that's really an emotional part of the story. I almost get teary every time I watch it. It It is, strangely, one of the most striking scenes. No pun intended, but... It... Like I said, they killed off an Oz character, and of course he gets resurrected, but still. You know. Only so characters I, who had gotten killed off before were Wicked Witches. Mm. Also, Dandy uh, boldly leads everyone into the Witch's castle, meaning that he does have some courage there. Only when he feels like it's safe to, though. Yeah. Because it's another um, Trap. law of the witch. Dandy winds up with the silver shoes, and the witch is dangling Dorothy out a window and threatens to drop her unless they give the, her the silver shoes. And Dandy finally hands him over, saying that he loves Dorothy too much to let her get killed. And Dorothy remembers the little warning that Glinda gave her a while ago. It adds a bit of suspense, too, and the characters really, especially Dorothy, really add emotion and drama to the lines when they speak in the scene. Yeah, there is a bit more. It definitely is an improvement over the series there. Now, they all go back to the Emerald City, and the wizard is about to make a clean getaway, but they catch him, and Glinda arrives and tells everyone that they've proved that they were smart, that they had, uh, and proved. Yeah, they had what they wanted, basically. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 she does that in this one. As, and then Dorothy starts feeling homesick and reprises her song that. Kansas can continue without me. And then a cyclone whips up and takes her and Toto home. And that's the end of the story. It's 50 minutes and 45 seconds long. And so, yeah, it was a bit more like a TV special than a TV movie, actually. Mm. Um, and remember, this is a different time, so they didn't quite have the full two-hour production budget. So, But I think it still works. It works, yeah. Since this is a movie, the characters look and even sound much better than the TV versions. Uh, the Scarecrow and Lion have... More than just one color. They have more detail. 
to the designs, especially Rusty. And Dorothy has a complete new look and voice. Two new um, voices, actually. Oh, yes. All the other characters have the same voices in the series, but Dorothy was voiced by Susan Conway while she's speaking, and former podcast guest Susan Morris when she's singing. You wouldn't notice. Uh, actually, after I, Susan told me, I listened, I was like, yeah, that's not the same voice. Oh. Yeah, if you listen closely, it's definitely not the voice. The pitch isn't the same, but it, it's close enough that it does work. But if you're listening for it, you can tell. When I sometimes read up on stuff about what they said about this film, um, one of the things they mentioned was that Dorothy was made a lot more girl-like in this movie, and I would have to agree, compared to her Tales TV series, she's much more of a girl in the movie than she is in the TV series. The way she talks, the way she acts, and looks, too. Yeah. Instead of her having a big ponytail in the back, she has two little braids. She doesn't have the little cheek circles, and her dress has more shapes. Like, it's a half circle for the dress. She has sleeves instead of puffy ones, and she has actual feet and stockings. Yeah, they definitely improved on the design there. And Toto looks a bit more like a terrier, like with um, the sort of mustache, but eyebrows too. Yeah. Uh, He also is gray this time. I just want to point out how Toto, whenever he hears the Wicked Witch of the West mentioned, he acts very much like Ron Weasley from the Harry Potter movies, in that he gets scared and easily in hides. What's your heart? Ah... When Martin Gardner reviewed this, he criticized it for being too much like the MGM movie, but the thing is, there's actually more touches from the book there than you might suspect. That's funny that he would say that. I mean, yes, there is the Wicked Witch's expanded role and her constant bothering of her friends, maybe Glinda being of the North, but, well, basically, if you have to take so much out of the book... um, This movie is just following the basics, like the good characters and the bad character and the quest. So maybe he was just reading a bit too much, too deep into it, perhaps. Yeah. And there's a bit of odd dialogue, too. Um, I find it cute when Dorothy says, After all, we're from Kansas. Kansas, USA. But there's also a line of dialogue, she says, that I don't quite get. She says... Well, that wicked old witch will never get these slippers, I promise, on my honor as a brownie. Dorothy calls herself a brownie. Now, what do you think that means? Girl Scout. Oh. That, yep. Is that the term in the 60s or something American all through time? Well, you see, young Girl Scouts are called brownies. That's it. Oh. Well, that's... That's new okay. to you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Dorothy does get some fun little lines, like, a witch ain't a witch without witching, and then the little bird popping out of its shell. What's that but magic? So, um, Susan Conway really gets to uh, put a lot of inflection in Dorothy's voice here. Mm. And the wizard, too, he has a habit of saying a word more than once, like, 
Hey guys, they don't make busy bodies like that anymore anymore. <laughs> Woo! Ah, you see, I'm better than you than you. Yeah, he has a little bit of a stutter there. That it, it's not a natural stutter, but it's one played up for comic effect. Someone once said that he sounds like or talks like WC Fields or something like that, whether it was the series or the movie. Perhaps. I'm not really familiar with uh, W.C. Fields, though. Neither am I, but I've only seen him as Humpty Dumpty in Paramount's Alice Wonderland and a Disney cartoon, Mother Goose Goes Hollywood. Uh, the script was written by Romeo Mueller, who would later go on to write many more specials for Ronk and Boss. He wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And he also did another animated Oz short, which we'll get to in due time. Yeah. I'm not going to blame on the writers so much as they probably just said, look, we we want to make a little Wizard of Oz special, but we can only base it on Elfine Baum's book, so that's all you can really do. Mm. So, and I think he did... A good job. Yeah. A lot of people don't like it, but I loved it when I first watched it. And I have a little bit more appreciation for it now, having watched the episodes most recently and watching the movie again afterwards because the first time I watched this movie it was just on its own but now that I've watched the TV series and seen this movie again I can see how quite a few bits in the movie are sort of callbacks or throwbacks to little bits in the TV series and how it's a sequel to both the original book and the TV series so it's a mix of the both even yeah. with the lack of continuity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's available on DVD. Yeah, it was really surprising when it got released to DVD, and we were like, whoa! Out of all the obscure Oz things, here's this. Thank goodness. The thing about the DVD is that the characters, especially Dorothy, are colored incorrectly on the cover, and the main menu only has a play feature button. No scene selection, even, but just a play button. And before the menu, they also have a trailer for Casper's Scare School, which is, needless to say, very outdated. And they actually use the clip of Casper from a its beginning, not the actual series itself. Yeah, uh, that really didn't catch me there or anything. Um, getting back to what's important, the film looks surprisingly good on DVD. Like, it doesn't look as bad as people would think. Some shots could do with a bit more cleaning up, but um, it's not dark, it's not blurry. Um, it's crisp, clear, sharp enough, and, you know, it could have been worse. If what you see on YouTube is any indication, it does look good. Yeah, I mean, they could have completely cheaped out and done the same style as the TV series, but uh, they really decided to up the ante a bit. I mean, there's still some little stylistic choices there that do remind you a bit of how the TV series was done, but this is definitely a really nicely done piece. It's something good to really show little kids, and... You know, if you want to see a movie that's animated, not too long, not too scary, doesn't have 
you know, all those gags and toilet jokes, which cheapens the experience, I It's believe. just good, clean fun. Absolutely. Just good American fun that you would get in the 60s. Good as if it was with Walt Disney. Pretty good. Yeah. Now, in the 70s, Rankin Base also did another animated TV series called Festival of Family Classics, where in each episode they did an adaptation of uh, classic stories, such as Fairy Tales, Swiss Family Robinson, Robin Hood, um, all those things. But The Wizard of Oz wasn't one of them, unfortunately. I'm actually surprised they didn't do that, but maybe they figured, hey, we've already done Oz. But I kind of wish they had, because I saw their attempt on Alice in Wonderland, and it actually looked pretty fun. And I think mm. Oz would have been a better fit for their style than Alice was, but hey, what's done is done. Yes, um, I have that DVD as well. It includes Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, and Snow White. And I can see that they were very influenced by Disney. Not just in how the characters look, but also the backgrounds, a bit of the animation, design, and even though Disney never did Oz, I'm pretty sure that had Rankin Base animated The Wizard of Oz for Festival of Family Classics, they might have gone maybe the MGM route, but also try to put in a bit of Disney. I wonder how they would have made Dorothy look, though, because... Alice kind of takes on the look of Dorothy. She's got an apron on a light blue dress with long sleeves. She's got blonde hair in sort of pigtails or braids. And they would have had to cut down a lot of the story to fit in a 20-minute episode. But I would have liked to have seen that, even if it might have been influenced by Disney or MGM or who knows what they would have done. Yeah, the version of Alice looks more like what Dorothy should have looked like. Whether you go for the brown hair or the blonde hair, it's up to you. But yes, Alice does look a bit more or less Alice-like. Yeah. Okay, so... Now, Wonkin Boss later did Life Inventors of Santa Claus, which we've already talked about. So, they did do another Elf Frank Bomb... Thing, but now Wonkin Boss is pretty much defunct. Which Another is, wonderful animated studio only in memories. Yeah. Released on video through other studios. Mm-hmm. Do you definitely recommend Return to Wars to be purchased for DVD? Oh yeah. Like I said, it's good, clean, fun. It's just something fun to watch. Nothing vulgar there. I kind of wish that Tales of the Wizard of Oz would get released, but mainly for a collector's market. Uh, there's some things there that might be a bit over the head of kids today. There's episodes where they try to get into politics, and there's one where uh, Socrates accidentally uh, boxed... King of the Boxer. Mm-hmm. You saw that one too. <laughs> yes. And there's one episode that's sort of politically incorrect with um, um, a racial stereotypes, only now it's like a Chinese detective. But other than that, it's it's not bad. <laughs> so yeah, I wish they would release it to DVD for the collector's market at least. 
restored yeah. and remastered, of course, maybe with a few good special features, but definitely yeah. restored and remastered. Well, if you can find anything, I mean, back then they didn't hang on to a whole bunch of production stuff. But, but there's a gallery where they could show the merchandise, for one thing. Yeah. And if any of the voice actors are still alive, they could interview that. Yeah. If they were released to DVD, do you think that all the episodes should have the opening and the end credits? Not on every episode, at least once per desk. Uh, when I first saw him, it was on a VHS release that Golden Book did, and uh, what they did was they had six episodes. They had the opening titles at the uh, beginning of the first episode, and they had the end titles at the end of the last one. That is a bit more, I think, how it should be done. Maybe the DVD could give you the option of showing the opening titles and end credits on all the episodes or not. Hmm. I'm hearing I'm myself. Hearing and considering that each episode is just five minutes, you could fit a lot onto one disc. Yeah. Um, 12 episodes in one hour. Mm-hmm. Most discs hold three to four hours. So, Yeah. And if there really is 150, as you say, maybe it has been more than one volume, but, well, yeah. So long as it's not three measly episodes on one disc. That would be really lame. (laughs) Do you think Return to War should get another DVD release with a better cover art and special features? Uh, maybe if they did do that culture set, maybe they should put Return to Oz on there. But I think really, it, most people are just happy with the disc that they have now that's on, available on DVD at all, really. But mm. I do kind of wish they'd done better, but on the other hand, I'm just glad they put it out there. <laughs> yeah, I am too. So it's always good to have that option, though. Well, I think we've pretty much said all we really want to say here. All we can see, Rankin Base didn't really do a lot with Oz, but I think they did a good amount. Not too much, not too little. Well, it was one of their first items, so they actually decided to start with Oz. So they trust enough to get into gear. And then later they did all these Christmas specials, and people forgot about the Oz stuff. Sad. Uh, but... Hey, at least they released uh, Return to Us DVD, and maybe, you know, they do those manufacturer-on-demand discs. Maybe they can put Tales of Oz on DVD. So, you never know. Let's hope it does happen in the near future. I mean, Classic Media is still up and running, isn't it? Yeah. They're the ones who currently own it. Yeah, even though we've got the movie in 2006 on DVD... It wouldn't hurt to get the episode sometime soon. Yeah. But we do have YouTube, so that's something. Yep. Okay. So, yes, it's a series that's still out there in some form. Home's feed would enjoy. Check it out. It's, it's a fun thing. And it has a great theme song, too, which if any of you have watched certain webisodes on YouTube... The Wonders of Oz. That's, of course, where Jared got it from. Yeah.
It has a great song. We have the original Bomb story rewritten as a sequel to a TV series, the movie of which is much more in character with Bomb than the TV series, but still good on its own and available on DVD. So yeah, there we go. Check out Tales of the Wizard of Oz on YouTube if you can't find it any other way. And since it's not officially available, don't give someone else your money for it. Someone else is just going to put it on YouTube anyway. Well, this has been Sam Oaxo. With Jared Davis. Thank you for joining us on the Royal Podcast of Balls. And we'll see you in the next one. Hold on here. Bye. Bye.